Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app or or go to betmgm.com and enter code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Good evening, everybody. We're live once again from the Donatorium for another episode of The Fat Minute. I'm joined tonight by my co-host, the uncanny BVJ. Hello. Joined by special guest, the spectacular Jessica. Hi. And I am, of course, the amazing Don John. And for my next trick, I'm going to need a volunteer and about 20 minutes. Wow, Pick me. All right, well, get on up here, squeaky. <laughs> oh, <come> on, <laughs> All right, so we are ranking and reviewing the MCU, specifically uh, Phase 2 tonight. We did Phase 1 two weeks ago with our friend Marissa. We got Jessica here tonight. Um, so we got six movies on the lineup tonight. We're going to review them in release order. So we're going to start with the first one here with Iron Man 3. Um, Iron Man 3... You know, I rewatched it a couple days ago, and I feel like it gets more hate than it deserves, especially from you, Blake. I'm calling you out on this one. Um, we're starting the show off strong, um, but we'll come to that later. I feel I, like I, I promise to be more nuanced tonight than I was um, six years ago or four, seven years ago or whenever it was. I really hope so. Um, but <laughs> I feel like Iron Man 3 gets more hate than it deserves because rewatching it, it's a pretty good, solid movie. Like, a, like it, it's a really good follow-up to the first Avengers movie, especially with how it deals with Tony Stark having PTSD and having panic attacks after seeing this giant alien force that he literally had to nuke and almost killed himself nuking. Um, I will say, though, the, the plot twist with the Mandarin at the end is really fucking lame. Um, because not only does it completely waste one of Iron Man's better villains, it also wastes Ben Kingsley. Like he was so awesome when, when you think he is the Mandarin, he's fucking awesome. And it's just a waste of a really good actor. But other than that, it's still a really solid movie. Um, I mean, if I had to rank Iron Man three, I'd put, I'd put it at a B it's, it's a good follow up to, you know, the, the iconic first Avengers movie. It's still a, a solid movie, especially if you if you can get over just being betrayed in the final act. It, you still have a good time. What do you guys say, Jessica? Well, I mean, I agree with you. I'd definitely give Iron Man 3 a B. Because it's pretty good. It was fun. But, like, the villain, totally disappointing. I didn't think he was, like, I don't know. He was really hyped up, and then he turned out to be just, like, not that great. Yeah. But I probably should have, like, freshened up on it a little bit because, like, it's kind of foggy to me a little bit. This is the one with Pepper 
right where she got in the suit? Uh, or am I wrong? I think, I think she, yeah, she's in the suit for a little bit. In yeah. the end, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking that was super cool because, like, I don't know, feminism. <laughs> <laughs> it's also pretty cool when she started breathing fire at the end, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know, solid B. Decent film. How about you, Blake? Wow, y'all were so brisk. I'm going to feel really bad because I'm not rushing through this at all. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm I'm probably the most opinionated about the first two movies tonight, so that's just me kind of apologizing and promising that I, I'm not going to be long-winded the whole night. I remember seeing Iron Man 3 the first time, and I, I tried to enjoy it. Like, we were all just sitting down in the theater in the moment, and, like, I was laughing at all the jokes, and just, that was just me just trying to, I gave you fucking treats, and now you're going to be an asshole. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> God, as soon as I get warmed up. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> anyway, so just just trying to enjoy it, just trying to get through the evening. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember Donnie without getting too far into it. Like I remember after this movie, the whole night was just kind of soured because everyone was an asshole to Brad as soon as we walked out of the theater. <laughs> Oh and, yeah, like, holy shit they were. And it's just like it's just like, all right guys, calm down. Like he just asked a silly question about a movie. Like this was also the night I had to explain the mic the difference between flannel and plaid. Well, <laughs> moving on from that. Um and then as the days went on, I was like, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> and now I'm not talking about how people treat their plaid. That's always dumb. But I was like, I was like, you know, like it's it's a family-friendly Christmas comedy for the most part, and and I'm fine with it. With a superhero movie trying to be lighthearted, like my favorite DC movie of the last several years is Shazam. But like this movie, it was the follow-up to the first Avengers movie, like the first like cinematic on-screen team-up crossover, and it's just. Everything's a joke. Everything's a quip. Everything's a gag. I'm gonna a bit. cut in. I'm gonna cut in real quick and disagree because it has no more humor than any other MCU movie. Um, it's pretty par the, for the course. What is the scientific uh, statistic for that, though? It's pretty par for the course as far as MCU so, humor goes. I, I mean, the first, the first Avengers was the first Marvel movie to really add as as many jokes as they they're known for having now. Because that's just because like Joss Whedon and and Robert Downey Jr. riffing with each other. Yeah. But the way I remember it is this movie. If it didn't, if it didn't technically, in actuality, statistically, have more jokes than ever before, the jokes in this one just felt exhausting after a while, and it it got to a point where it's like, how am I supposed to take a movie seriously that isn't really taking itself seriously? And I liked what it was doing with with Tony Stark, how like, you know, it asked the question where, you know, if superheroes were real, eventually like they would have PTSD, like soldiers in war. And I think that's a very interesting subject. And I think it's a respectable subject. In fact, I respect it so much. I think it deserved to be in a much more serious movie. And the plot twist with the Mandarin was just, some call me a terrorist. I prefer to think of myself as a teacher. Yeah, and <laughs> and I just 
no, like at the time I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> they got us there. And then they, <laughs> once again, days later, I'm like, yo, that's just, that's kind of like a, I don't know. This is so underwhelming. Um, don't you like how they're, they're basically apologizing for that by having the actual Mandarin and um, the upcoming Marvel show, uh, Zhang Chi? I guess. Um, too little, too and, late. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, really. And, and people ask the question, well, the question, what are you supposed to do with the Mandarin? It's like, well, they were already doing something with them. They were making Ben Kingsley basically act like comic book Osama bin Laden. And I yeah. was digging it. Like, yeah, was, I was into it. I was into it. And then like, he's they just, pull the like, rug out from under you with it, though. He's, he's just a drugged up, like two bit actor that is like watching football. And he's, like, he's, he's Russell Brand. Yeah. 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 Jesus <laughs> God. And like he takes a like the the reveal to the twist is him walking out of the bathroom and waving his uh, robe around after he just took a huge shit. And I'm just like, I'm just like again, like this is the third part in a trilogy. Like I was just let's just try to be a little more I don't know epic and dramatic. And in a world where and I'm and I'm I'm going to try to wrap it up right now. In a world where Joel Schumacher had to apologize for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin every interview until he died, or when people complained about you know all the all the goofiness in Spider Man Three, like I gotta disagree with you, Donnie. I feel like people didn't react to this enough. Like they just kind of let it slide with no smoke. But I don't know. I, I feel say, like I feel like if you remove that reveal with the Mandarin at the end, the, everything else in the movie is still very solid. Like even even the final act, the fight with Aldra Killian and his goons and like those all the the army of Iron Man suits, like that shit's awesome. I I will concede that it is a passable film. I don't think in this. I guess this is a spoiler for like what I think of all of them as a whole. I don't think any Marvel movie is a failure technically on a technical level. Like mm-hmm. they all at their worst, at the least, they are passable. But um, yeah, I'm gonna give Iron Man three a D. Wow. Yeah. I would definitely I, I would definitely rank Iron Man 3 at least above Iron Man 2 because at least Iron Man 3 Iron Man 3 may blue ball you with the Mandarin but it it still gives you a better final act than Iron Man 2 does. Nonetheless, as a whole, the Iron Man trilogy, I mean technically it's not even a, an isolated trilogy because it, you know, it it goes every other movie's an Avengers movie with him, I guess. I don't know, but um or at least in a cinematic universe, you can't really have trilogies anymore. But um, the Iron Man trilogy just doesn't have great villains. So no, no. that's that's really that's don't. where I leave it. What were you saying, Jess? Like, I agree with you. The villains aren't that really amazing in the Iron Man films. Yeah. 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 So I will. Sorry for getting long winded there. I will. I will leave it at that. All right, let's move on to Thor the Dark World. Now, Blake, you and I have talked a ton of times before about the, how we feel this movie is the most skippable movie in the entire MCU. Um, yeah. may, maybe even more so than, than The Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah. But I've warmed up to the movie a little bit since I rewatched it the other day. I still think for the most part it is skippable in the sense that, like, the only important things as far as the whole MCU is concerned, like the only important parts happen at the very end. And by the very end, I mean the post credit scene when you find out that the ether that they've been like <laughs> chasing after the whole movie is one of the infinity stones. Um, 
And other, that Loki is disguised as Odin. Yeah, like, other than that, nothing else really substantial or important happens in the whole movie. But that doesn't mean the movie's bad. Um, I feel like what we get out of Thor is better than Thor 1. What we get out of Loki is better in Th- than we got in Thor 1. Um, Thor and Loki's relationship is better. Thor and Natalie Portman's relationship is better. Uh, Kat Dennings is given more to do, which is awesome because Kat Dennings is hilarious. Um, like there's a lot of things that are better than what we were given in Thor one. It's just nothing, none of it really matters. So it's a weird, like give and take with this movie. Um, so because of that, I'm going to have to give it a C. Like it really is just, we, we've said before, like this movie is really like the movie equivalent of walking into your comic shop, picking up. Oh, don't use it. I was going to use that. Please don't use it. Fine. I'll let you use it, but. You, you, I know love where I'm get, you know where I'm getting that. Okay. Um, it's, I'm, I'm going to give it a C. It's, it's an all right movie, but if you skip it, you're not really going to be too disappointed. Um, before, a few days ago, I probably would have said it was the worst MCU movie, but I think that honor goes to a different movie we're going to talk about tonight. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bounce it to you, Jess. All right. So Thor Dark World. All right, so, like, shout out to them for giving us Darcy Lewis and letting us enjoy her. Love <laughs> fucking Ted Dennings. <laughs> um, like, the whole, like, it was, like, Natalie Portman, like, in the end, like, just, no, that wasn't for me. I wasn't a big fan of this movie, but, like, I liked how they tried to, like, make it relevant in, like, the, in, like, Endgame and everything when mm-hmm. Thor, like, had to go back, like, like good for you guys um (laughs) i mainly like for this movie i kind of just like give it a d because one i would take chris hemsworth's d and also like this film was not that amazing for me (laughs) hey she ain't lying but like yeah i mean i'm just being straight up with you guys he's beefy he's he's a hunk but yeah like Shout out to them for Darcy, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blake. Would you take Chris Hemsworth's D? Uh, no, but I would Chris Pine's. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Chris Pine is the best Chris. I, <laughs> I will always stand by that. What do you think of... Quiet, Chris. <laughs> what do you think of Thor the Dark World? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were on me already. Um, <laughs> so... so just to get him out of the way, um, I agree with a lot of what you said, Donnie, and I'm surprised you didn't touch on, like, this has the most bland, boring, nothing of a villain in the entire MCU. Yeah. Like, he is absolutely awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you told me Thor was going to do battle against a dark elf, like, that is just a cool sentence. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> And gray and dull and beige. Um, <laughs> just, but um, so yeah, the villain is. I mean, it, it's what's his name again? Malekith. Yeah, like nobody even remembers his name unless like you look it up. Um, it's absolutely boring. He was way better as Destro in the Rise of Cobra. Um, but and then with uh with Cat Dennings, I love Cat Dennings and. At first, I was like, why do they keep bringing her back? But then it's like, I think the real point of her character is she's one of those characters that's meant to be, like, 
a voice of the audience. Like yeah. she's like, what if, what if the fan of a fan of the movies got to be in the movies? Yeah. And I think that's interesting. It's kind of like how the best friend character in get out is basically, what if the guy who always screamed in the theater at the horror movie actually got to be in the horror movie? For <laughs> once? Um, so that's definitely what they're going for with her. As far as like Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he's, it's like, he, he's passable. Um, and his relationship with Nat Natalie Portman in this, I just don't care. Um, it's it's whatever. I like both of them. I I just I don't know. Hopefully their chemistry will be better in the next film. Um, obviously Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Is just at this point he's still the only great MCU villain, or well, other than the Red Skull maybe. And um, but mainly my favorite thing anyone ever said about Thor the Dark World. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry I had to call dibs on it, Donnie, but I loved it so much. It was what our friend Jake Small said, because it was brought up when a coworker of mine who's also named Michael was like, yeah, I, I remember going to see Thor the Dark World. Like I remember buying a ticket, walking into an auditorium and staring at a screen for two hours, but I don't remember anything else. And our buddy Jake summed it up just ever so perfectly. Thor the Dark World truly is the cinematic, cinematic equivalent of just wandering in a local comic book shop, strolling up and down the aisles, and you see a random standalone throwaway issue just laying around. You pick it up, you flip through it, you put it back down, and then you go about your day. Like, it truly is the movie version of that issue. Yeah. And I guess in a way it is an achievement that they were able to also capture an issue like that into movie form and not just the best of the best, but it's like when it comes to the movies, you want to see the best of the best. You don't want to see the, you know, cookie cutter filler episodes. Um, I give, I give Thor the dark world a D not because I want anybody's D, but because. <laughs> so he says, <laughs> I don't believe you. Chris, Chris Pine's not in it. So it's a D. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, fuck yeah. Now, this is a tough one for me. I liked this movie more before I rewatched it earlier this week. Um, and it's not a bad movie. Like, there's a lot of really f cool fuck yeah parts in this movie. Like, that scene in the elevator where he just takes out all those guys at once. Like, that shit's fucking awesome. Um... And in a lot of ways, it is an improvement over the first Captain America movie. Like, overall, I feel like the Captain America movies, for the most part, kind of get better as they go along. Um, but this movie really lacks... Like, I feel like it needed more of the Winter Soldier. Like, he, he's just kind of sprinkled too thinly through through the whole movie. Um, and, like, his, his whole, like, thing isn't really fully resolved at the end. And it's like, I know, like this is a giant cinematic universe, so we're going to get more, so we'll get there eventually. But at the same time, it's kind of like, like if Thor the Dark World is that random issue you pick up, flip through, and put back, Captain America is the issue, like the Winter Soldier is the issue you take home, super hyped to read it, only to have it end and tune in next week to find out what happens, which is good and bad. So I'm going to give Winter Soldier a B. So, All right. 
All right. So it's been a while since I've seen Winter Soldier. Like, that's one I didn't even think to brush up on because I'm like, <laughs> I got this. It's fine. <laughs> but, like... Who's Captain America again? Yeah, who's that? What? Bucky Barnes, what? Like, <laughs> no, but, like, I remember just, like, being dissatisfied with, like, the whole Bucky Barnes character because, like, every time, like, I go and enjoy, like, a Marvel film or even, like, a DC film or anything, like, I brush up on, like, the comic, like, the backstory and, like, what and everything. And, like, it makes me so mad sometimes that they don't, like, I don't know, go with that a little bit. So, like, I was just frustrated with that. And the fact that, like, Bucky's like, like you said, he's just like kind of sprinkled throughout, and then at the end, like nothing's resolved with him. It's kind of annoying. Cause like I was pretty dedicated, cause we have the same last name, so it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I enjoyed the film. I thought it was fun. Like I enjoy Captain America, so like I'd give it a B. A B for Barnes. Yeah, B for Bucky Barnes, bitch. <laughs> Who the hell's Bucky? <laughs> Go ahead, Blake. Blakey. So yeah, I, like, I, I virtually have no notes on this movie. Like, it's great. I love it. Like, it is an awesome sequel. And it is, it elevates from the first film. It does exactly what a sequel needs to do. So I'm just going to give it an A. I, honestly, I have, I have no, no critiques or anything. Wow. Well, yeah. Captain America himself is impressed. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I legit had never, ever heard of Guardians of the Galaxy before this movie was announced. I had no idea who they were or what the fuck they were about. Um, so when this movie was announced, I had zero expectations going in. And I came out and I thought it was all right. Um, you know, I think... We got a cool cast of characters played by a cool cast of actors and like they're dynamic and in chemistry with each other. It's, it's great. Um, I mean, if you feel like Iron Man three is a little too, like too much of like where the humor kind of falls flat guardians of the galaxy kind of makes up for it. A, A lot of the humor is much better in this movie, but my problem with this movie is you want to talk about boring fucking villains, Ronan, offers fucking nothing to this movie. I feel like, like he is not interesting enough to carry this movie at all. Um, and I think also Thanos, cause this is where we kind of really get our first real glimpse of Thanos and what he's trying to do ever since, you know, he was kind of a tease at the end of the first Avengers movie. I feel like he kind of distracts a little bit sometimes from that. Um, but yeah, Ronan's just so fucking boring. Um, I also think this movie really reminded a lot of people how important a soundtrack is to a movie. Like this is almost in some ways like Marvel's Fantasia in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a cool movie. It's a fun movie. Um, I'm going to put it comfortably in the middle. I'm going to give it a C. All right. So Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Like I freaking love it. I think it's so fun. I think it's funny. I love the soundtrack. Like, I don't know. Like I'll dance along with Peter Quill while he's dancing when he's on screen. Like I don't get the fuck. Like, um you're definitely right about Ronan. He's kind of a turd. Like when I first saw him, I was like, What's the pie maker? You know, because you know, pushing daisies. Like, what's he doing? But 
I don't know. I enjoyed it. Like, I never really expected a raccoon to become one of my favorite like, superheroes, <laughs> but it's whatever. Rocket Raccoon's what's up. Like, I don't know. I just genuinely, like, I love that movie. Like, it's feel good a little bit because, like, he's got, like, the whole, like, his crews, like, his family and everything. I don't know. I just love it, and I give it an A because I just love it. No, I, I love Dave Batista as Drax. He's yes. he's my personal favorite out of the group. <laughs> like I don't know, I think they're all amazing. Even though Chris Pratt's the lesser Chris, I said it. I said it. <laughs> I said it. Go ahead, Blake. Blake. Yes, uh, Chris Pratt is the lesser Chris because whether it was uh, Parks and Rec in Wisconsin or um, Avengers in Wisconsin, he had two chances to show up for a Joe Biden event, and he didn't, so fuck him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But as far as Guardians of the Galaxy goes, it is, like, definitely in my top five Marvel movies. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, the soundtrack, um, the comedy, like, I was okay with the comedy in this one, and the jokes were actually great. This one probably has the best jokes of the entire universe, um, personally. And um, it was just one of those things where, like, I went in, I didn't, ex- I expected to like it, but it's just, like, I didn't really know what to expect, I guess. It's right. not that my expectations were low, I just didn't know where to put them. Right. And I was, like, it, it, it was the, like, 2014, it was the pleasant surprise of the summer, hands down. Um, now, granted, that was August 2014, and we had just seen The Expendables 3. <laughs> I never heard Donnie say so many times in the final hour of a movie, I want to go home. <laughs> that was rough. But, um, but yeah, like, it's a great soundtrack. It's great chemistry. Um, but, yeah, like, Ronan the Accuser is just a somewhat semi less lame version of Malekith the accursed. Like he's basically like, I accuse him of being boring. Also like it it took me a while to notice this, but, or pick up on it, but like going by his name, like Ronan, the accuser, like he, the villain of this movie is a space lawyer. Yeah. He just just runs around (laughs) and points fingers. Like somebody, Somebody else pointed that out on YouTube, and I'm like, "Oh my god, they fought a lawyer!" Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of weird, but um, no, he's he's basically like being like, "Okay, who do we do in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Hey, what if we took the guy from Thor two and made him blue? Like that's all that was." Um, but other than that, like, yeah, you you go you go for Rocket Raccoon and Groot. And then you end up staying for Drax. Like yeah. he is like he was the surprise of the movie, I feel like. Like Rocket was as good as I anticipated. Groot was Groot was cool. And then he, he was is Groot. <laughs> but like but like Drax, like he I he was like the standout. Like I thought he was the, the surprise of the movie. I um, like Drax's jokes, how they just like kinda like were like nonchalant, came out of nowhere. Ha- like, has cool. absolutely no concept of social cues whatsoever. Or sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's all great. So yeah, no, Guards of the Galaxy Volume One, I give it an A. Avengers Age of Ultron. I fucking love this movie. Um I still stand by the opinion that this one is better than the first Avengers movie. I mean, a lot of people say you'll never be able to beat, you know, having your favorite heroes come together for the first time. To that, I say, you know what's cooler than watching your favorite heroes come together for the first time? Watching them do it again. 
And, I mean, you want to talk about a sequel that does everything a sequel does. I feel like this one does it. It manages to up the ante. I mean, it's they still manage to bring all the heroes back together without missing a step. Chemistry, dynamic, it's all still there. And also, like, Ultron's just a really well-written and well-acted villain, in my opinion. Like, I just have a lot of fun listening to a lot of the dialogue that comes out of Ultron during this movie. Like, some of the lines he says where he's like, you know, every time the Earth gets stagnant, God throws a stone. And guess what? He's winding up. Like, that's just a really cool fucking line. Um, And I also just like the whole construct of how Ultron is a result of Tony Stark trying to be like, you know, trying to basically make a shield around the planet. Because it's an interesting concept of, you know, when you have these heroes who do this for so long, eventually they're going to be like, you know, they're going to have the thought of, well, we can't be the protectors forever, so we got to have something to replace us in case we fail or we can't do this anymore. And it's interesting to kind of see that mentality backfire on them. And of course, this is where we get introduced to the Scarlet Witch and Vision, who have given us a fantastic show that's on Disney Plus right now. Bless them. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this movie. I think it's awesome. Um, the scene with Hulk fighting Iron Man in the Hulkbuster armor, that shit's awesome. There's just a lot of, like, this movie's just nonstop, one awesome thing after the other. I'm giving it an A. I can dig it. So, like, I also think this one is pretty fun. And, like, like you said, it's a very good sequel, like, follow-up to the other Avengers movie and everything. Like, I loved seeing, like, you know, little Jarvis grow up to be a big old vision. <laughs> that was cute. And, like, I loved seeing, because, like, you know, like, we saw Wanda and Pedro, like, get their powers and stuff, like, in everything in the one cut scene. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was cool. Like, seeing them, like, evolve and everything. And it was sad that, you know, some reason, somehow, a super fast dude got shot and died. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, like, yeah. saving him, like, Hawkeye. But it's fine. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, this was a fun movie, and I liked it. And I'm just really nervous, guys, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself and sounding ridiculous. <laughs> but... I'll just give it an A because I'm nervous and I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I thought those were excellent thoughts. Um, Age of Ultron. It's it's not that I ever disliked this movie or I was ever disappointed in it. It's just, it's just one of those times when I just simply like the first film better. Um, and, and I know this will sound like a cop-out, but I, it's one of those things where Again, I didn't dislike it. I, I liked it for the most part, but there was just there's just something missing here, and I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, and it's almost just frustrating that I can't put my finger on what exactly this is missing. Um, but though, it, it, it still is like an exciting and entertaining sequel. Um, I love Ultron as a villain. Um, I would even like to see him come back. Like Probably one of the one of the actual specific things I can say about this movie that maybe is a bummer is I think Ultron is too cool to be a one and done villain. And especially this version of Ultron. Yeah. And even the logistics of like, I want to feel like he was smarter than what we saw in the end, because basically to sum it up, like, you know, 
every every copy of him every version of him like it's not clones because it's robots but every like unit of him is at that like um that you know fortress that goes up just so it can turn into an asteroid and come back down but basically every copy of him is there and then they shut him out from the net or online or whatever they call it, the internet or whatever mm-hmm. and like he can't he can't like mentally escape like so they're like we have to destroy every copy of him on this rock if even one gets out like we can't let that happen and then the vision destroys the last copy you know later on which is a great exchange i love that where he's like yeah you're painfully naive and he goes well i was born yesterday and i just wanted all <laughs> to be like all right you motherfucker <laughs> like, but, but it's just like so on that on that note I feel like that was like really dumb of Ultron. Like he's supposed to be a genius. He's supposed to be a mastermind and he had every single copy of him there. Like I want to think he'd be smart enough to at least have left one extra, one spare of himself behind hidden somewhere else to pick up where he left off. So he was also super vain. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I really don't, it's one of those things where if they, if they do, right in a thing where it's like oh he's back oh yeah there there was one more of him somewhere else hidden that he left behind just in case like i won't complain about that at all because i feel like if ultron didn't do that again that would have been like really stupid on his part um but yeah so no age of ultron it's fun um i'd love seeing them all come together again even though i still stand by the belief that nothing will ever be as magical as seeing it happen for the very first time uh i give it a b it's a b Last movie, Ant-Man. I would be okay going the rest of my life without ever watching this movie again. Um, I legit don't care for or about this movie, which is a shame because I really love Paul Rudd, and I think it's awesome to have him in the MCU, and I think having him as Ant-Man is a good choice. But this movie is just so fucking, like... It, it's dull. It's not really fun. Um, you know, I feel like this one, the humor just falls flat. And I feel like also this movie, like such a piss poor follow up to the awesome movie that came before it, in my opinion. That's that's so weird how this is the final movie of Phase Two. Like... Yeah. And it's just, I feel like this movie was where Marvel really started, like Marvel Studios really started to get a little too overbearing on their directors. Um, because, was, correct me if I'm wrong, Edgar Wright was originally supposed to direct this movie, correct? Correct. That would have been fucking awesome. Yes. But unfortunately, Definitely. due to creative differences, he left. And who ended up directing it at the end? After the he guy... Left? The guy who um, I, I have to look up what else he did, but he directed the movie um, Down with Love with Ewan McGregor and um, Renee Zellweger. Which nothing against that movie, but like I, I would never watch that movie. But like, <laughs> this guy should direct Ant Man. Like, yeah. Um, no, hold on. I got his name is Peyton Reed, and once again, with all due respect to him. Oh, okay. So he directed um, "Down with Love," "Yes Man" with Jim Carrey, um, which which is all right. And I guess his most famous and mainstream and popular thing before these films is he directed the original "Bring It On." So again, how did, how did I get that? <laughs> yeah, Ant Man. 
Um, as I have to agree with what Donnie was saying, and this also goes into my feelings of another director that we meet in the next phase. Um, this was when, and I guess, you know, it's kind of ironic. This was when like Marvel really started looking for yes men. I mm -hmm. feel like, yeah. um, they're looking for directors that you get when you don't necessarily need a specific or particular director. You just need a guy who's competent enough to yell action and cut on set at obvious times. Yeah. Like the, they did not like, and I feel like this is what really like ki killed this movie because Edgar Wright would have been awesome for this movie because oh, he would have made an all timer. Yeah. yeah. But Marvel didn't want to let him just do his thing. They had a specific vision for this movie <clears throat> and they were not going to let anybody tinker with it. And what we got is a movie that in my opinion is completely skippable. Like so much so I still haven't seen the sequel. And I mean, I'll have to change, I'll have to change that when we, when we review phase three in two weeks, but I just don't care about this movie. I don't care about any of the characters. It's just the villain is just oh, it's Ant Man, but 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 bad. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like I, it is such a letdown. And yeah, it, it's definitely where Marvel really started, like not looking for a director, but just looking for somebody to keep a seat warm. Um, I'm, in my opinion, it's the worst Marvel movie. I'm giving it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he didn't like that you gave it that rating. Well, I'm giving it an F. Deal with it, Jace. Jesus, God. It's an F. Talk about scorched earth. Yeah. He's Ant-Man. I'm holding up the magnifying glass, baby. <laughs> so, when Blake asked me to do this podcast, I was like, alright, cool. I've seen everything but Ant-Man. Because like, I never <laughs> thought to really watch Ant-Man. So, like, well, he's so tiny, watched... he'll, he'll get away from you. Yeah, I, like, sat down and watched them both yesterday. And so, like, the first one, like, I turned it on. Like, I watched, like, the opening. And then I was like, whatever. I started playing on my phone. <laughs> and then, like, they caught my attention at some point. Oh, I think it was when the villain entered Hank's house. I was like, oh, all right, what's happening now? <laughs> and, like, that villain, like, he's always the bad guy and whatever he does so like you see him and you're like all right so you're the dick here got it <laughs> and then like i don't know like his suit whatever buddy you have laser beams good for you like i didn't care for this movie i really didn't like the only good thing about this movie is paul rudd and his beautiful face yeah um so like i'm 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 gonna have to give it an F. I'm sorry, Paul Rudd, but like I really half paid attention because I was like, I, what? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Paul. <laughs> sorry, I, I still love you. I don't want to do it to you, but I have to. Your movie stunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand the paycheck's big, buddy, but you could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Go ahead, Blake. This is an odd turn of events because, if anything, I thought I was going to be, like, the most, like, negative about Ant-Man tonight. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but, it, but it turns out, like, I'm the most forgiving. And keep in mind, like, I just think this movie is just meh. It's mediocre. It's only okay. Um, this continues the 
um, epidemic of just passable movies, like movies yeah. that are just only okay. And in a lot of ways, like, and, and I still stand by, I still think Michael has a fair point with this. Um, and, and Trevor, I think, has said it too, and even Kogel has. Um, sometimes an only okay movie can be more annoying than a, just a straight up bad movie. Like, at least with a bad movie, you can laugh at it, you can make fun of it. But if you just go through a movie the whole time just being like, that was all right, I guess. Like, what? what that's kind of worthless. Um, so, I think what can be said most about this is here's a fun fact: Paul Rudd is a Shakespearean trained actor. Mm -hmm. um, just, just imagine learning what he's learned. You know, from from Julius Caesar to Hamlet to. <laughs> to, to you look like a man of lantern powers, <laughs> the sex panther powers activate um, but i think i think what can be said best about paul rudd as ant-man is he is far greater as a supporting character than he is the main character yeah like i loved him in civil war mm -hmm. and i loved him i loved him in endgame like he is he is such a great supporting character and he is a great example of you eat ice cream with sprinkles, not sprinkles with ice cream. Yeah. Um, but so, so, and that is just a compliment to him. It's not that he like, he failed this movie or whatever. Like this movie was going to be whatever it was going to be once, once Edgar Wright exited and they got, you know, um, director three, two, four, five, six off the rack. <laughs> To be oh. fair, Blake, I don't think um, you know Paul Rudd failed the movie. I think the movie failed Paul Rudd. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And it, and Marvel did not do this movie any favors, though. No. Um, first of all, they made a joke within the movie that is just like even like Paul in the teaser trailer. It just ends with Paul Rudd being like, "Huh," <laughs> and then he's like. <laughs> Can, can we change the name? And it's like, all right, like when you're literally roasting yourself before others can, like what hope do you have? <laughs> you need to believe in yourself at least a little bit. And, and then aside from like the whole director thing, and I'll get back to that. They had this movie come out two months after the second Avengers film. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you, you couldn't, you couldn't have just sucked it up and been like, all right, let's have, Let's have Ant-Man and the Wasp come out in March, and then, you know, um, uh, Avengers comes out in May. Or just, I don't know. And I, I know they love the tradition of having the Avengers be, like, the first movie of the summer, but, like, why couldn't they just have the Avengers be, like, the July movie and this come out in May? Like, it's just so weird how this movie is, like, a, just a chaser. It's an epilogue to Phase 2. And it's just weird. Like seeing this movie just felt like a chore from the moment we bought our ticket and walked in. Um, and then with their directors, like they, you know, Edgar Wright left because his visual aesthetic, his signature didn't match the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what makes him cool. Like yeah. when you see an Edgar Wright movie, you know, it's an Edgar Wright movie. And it's like, then, then what's the point of there being different directors? And I remember you had said Michael because, or you had said Donnie, like I'm not um, Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not I'm sorry. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you know. I know that you want a sense of consistency and continuity, and you want your films to be believable that they take place within the same, you know, cinematic universe once again. But like, if you want all your movies to look the same, then just have them all be directed by the same person. Yeah. Um, 
which like with DC, it's like they did try that. That's why they were having Zack Snyder make all of them. Um, and then once again, this does commit the main sin of not just Marvel movies. And this was when we started to realize that Marvel really needs to like come up with a second or third formula. Like you can't just do the same formula over and over again. Um, having like the villain just be cut from the same cloth as the hero. And that's not just Marvel movies. Like man of steel, like he fights general Zod, like mm -hmm. Shazam. He fights a guy who's trying to be what he is. Like, it's just, Oh, the villain is, hero but bad and it, it just gets tiring after a while anyway i'm gonna be a little more positive i give it a c it's a c whatever um, yeah <laughs> whatever fuck you whatever he said it it's fine it's fine whatever you're wrong it's okay <laughs> well it, this is one of those things where i don't give a shit if i'm wrong so checkmate <laughs> <laughs> oh wow it's big brain time yeah, like, Thor The Dark World is that issue you pick up, flip through, and put back. Guardians of the Galaxy, well, no, Winter Soldier, excuse me, is the issue you take home and find out that it ends with To Be Continued. Ant-Man is the issue you see and go, no thanks. Exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> feels so bad to say. It's... It's it's the issue, at least going by how comics were in the 90s. I don't really know what individual issues look like now. But Ant-Man is the issue where you saw the advertisement for something else on the back of the issue. Be like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ant-Man was that issue from the 90s where they tried to hype it up by putting a valuable collector's card in the package. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They try to reel you in with Paul Rudd, and you're just like, he looks nice. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else want to continue roasting Ant-Man or got anything else to say? Because that was the last movie. Yeah. Um, no, I, I. That's 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 all my thoughts on. All those movies. I think I was. I think I was already long-winded enough on the first two. <laughs> So yeah. compar comparatively, phase two versus phase one, what do you guys think? Phase one, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just really, it's just you had, you had, you had, I'm sorry, I'm trying to spit this out. Like, Captain America, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Age of Ultron, those are the ones that really, like, matter. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like, it, the uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. I'm sorry. Well, Jessica was about to say something. Oh, go ahead, Jessica. No, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Oh. 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 Well, who the fuck else is on this chat? Just I was gonna say I was gonna say it is it is interesting how Iron Man 3 has the exact same budget as the first Avengers movie. <laughs> what? Huh. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lucrative. Which made me think, like, oh man, like the Mandarin is going to summon Fing Fang Foom or something. <laughs> like, He's going to do no. actual magic. We were Fing like, Fang fucking wrong. And then just like, it, 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 I guess just fast forwarding, it's like, 
Well, you know, the Mandarin would be silly. It's like, what, he's just like a, a fucking wizard that Iron Man fights? I don't know. How about they bring in an actual fucking wizard to join the Avengers in the next phase then? Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't be okay with Doctor Strange and then be like, all right, the Mandarin's a little goofy. Which, to be <laughs> fair, I've always felt like the Mandarin makes sense as a Doctor Strange villain more than an Iron Man villain, but that's just me. That's just, once again, the only real point here is that Iron Man's villains just fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, facts. Yeah. Well, all right then. That was the last movie, so unless anybody else has anything to say, I think it's a good time to call it. All right, man. <laughs> no, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay. This would that would make it the shortest episode yet, right? Yeah. How nice. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what he's what he's trying to say is, I want to get the fuck off of here. <laughs> Jessica, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I appreciate that. You you saved the day. Thanks for having me, guys. Maybe if, if there's a next time, I won't be as nervous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. It it gets easier and then more boring. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to tell me something? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that what it was that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. I am your co-host, BJ. You can find me online at Puka Saucy. Donnie, you take it from there. I'm your host, Don John. You can find me online as well at Don John Laughs. Uh, if you tuned in later, missed this episode, we'll be live. On, we'll also be uploading this episode on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, all the fun stuff tomorrow. Um, thank you again, Jessica, for joining us tonight. And on that note, thank you. Fuck you. Goodbye. <laughs> Find your next fall adventure in Fairfax County at the National Museum of United States Army. Take a turn on the tank simulator. Feel your seat rumble in their 300-degree theater. Then step outside to enjoy the fall colors from their outdoor dining area and rooftop Medal of Honor garden. Discover your fall adventure at the National Army Museum. Open seven days a week. Free admission and parking right off I-95. Get free tickets at usarmymuseum.org.